okay, I'm going to ask you this. I, because I can't, honestly can't remember. Why did we choose Waterworld? Because <laughs> I had it over on my shelf. Oh, great. Okay, good. <laughs> that was it. I, was, I, could, I could not remember. Like, as I was going to watch it this week, it was like, it's not on Netflix. And it's nothing, nothing similar is coming out. So why did we choose this? I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. But great. It's because you saw it on your shelf. Yeah, I was like, I just started listing ones on my shelf, and that was one of them. There we are, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Perfect. Welcome everyone to Afterthoughts. This is a podcast where we rewatch movies and we compare our first and second impressions, as well as discuss a related topic. My name is Joshua Kazemi, and I'm here with my co-host, Cole, the Cole Man Taylor Thomas. That's uh, that's me. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we're talking about 1995's Waterworld. Waterworld, <laughs> which is like a movie that should be on in every like water park, just all the time. A it's constant just a screen of it going on in the loop. Tons of TVs with this movie on <laughs> everywhere. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> I would go to water parks much more often. So funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so before we dive in, I say that every week, but this time it was a pun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> punny. Before we dive in, Coleman's going to take us through the plot of Waterworld, which honestly shouldn't take you that long. Wow. I'm going <laughs> to... Make this. I'm gonna extrapolate a lot then and take a super All long right. time. Okay. No, there's a guy. Who knows his real name? Played by Kevin Cosner. I think his name is Swims with Dolphins. Yeah, that's it. That's his. Get in, it? That's his Native American name. Because it's Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner dances with wolves. Dances with wolves. <laughs> Please don't make dances with wolves references here again. We could do that movie, too. Goodness. I did not yeah. like that movie when I first saw it. There you it. go. Anyway, sorry. Back on track. Plot I don't of even know. I don't even know where I was. I don't even Dances with know where dolphins. I'm going with this, this plot. No. Um, he's a mutant who can has gills and can breathe underwater in an apocalyptic world where the polar ice caps have melted and everything's underwater. And so he's just, you know, getting on, getting through life on his boat by himself and he comes to this village where he trades dirt and gets a lot of whatever currency they have and uh just trades there they find out he's a mutant he gets captured and is about to die when the town is attacked by these they're called smokers who are people that still use like oil based jet skis and boats and whatnot because most people just have sails and he ends up escaping because of this the confusion of this attack and escapes all and escapes the whole place entirely along with a woman and this girl and they're just floating around for a while and turns out the girl has a map to dry land on her back which Kevin Cosner's character claims to have been to dry land before he's like oh we'll take I'll take you there and so they're going and then they find out oh he's never really been to dry land and he takes the lady underwater and he goes to like the sunken cities and that's where he gets all of his stuff from because he can breathe underwater. And 
Then they're attacked by the smokers who steal the girl because they want to uh, find dry land, essentially. Because they're going to run out of oil eventually one day. And so Kevin Costner, uh, he hates humans, but now he has the choice to go on a mission to either save this little girl or just keep not caring about people. And that (laughs) is the movie. That is the movie. It takes place in three hours. Yep. No. Is it three hours? It's like two and a half or something. It's really long. That's all I know. Really, really long. So I loved this movie as a kid. Yep. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I specifically always thought it was so cool when he takes her into the water pod thing and takes her down to the sunken city. I thought, I always remembered that scene specifically as being so cool. But I've never seen this movie as as an adult. And the movie just sort of faded away at some point. He loved it as a kid and then never really watched it again. And I haven't really seen it since I was a kid. But but thinking back on it, because Waterworld has always sort of become like this pop culture punching bag, uh, I've looked back at it and it's just kind of like, it, well, it's like a Mad Max ripoff, isn't it? <laughs> That's and, what a lot of people say. Yeah, and it's just kind of like this silly movie with a crazy Dennis Hopper performance and... All this weird stuff, like him peeing and drinking his pee after he gets converted, <laughs> you know, like all that stuff sort of started coming back to me. So I've always looked back at this movie like, what a weird one that like apparently lost a ton of money <laughs> and was just kind of like this production disaster. Uh, so, yeah, I have no, I was I had no idea what to expect going into it this week. Yeah, because just all over the map with different impressions over the years. Yeah, I love this movie as a kid, and it's one of the movies that was like our family's favorite. We would watch it all the time, and we all loved it. And yeah, it was just a like classic in our family. Thought it was such a cool world, and uh, like just a fun movie overall. Although I remember like not watching the whole thing like in one sit through. Like I'd sit there with my family, but like there were just parts in the middle where not much was going on. And I remember like phasing out even as a kid during those moments, but mm-hmm. still love this movie and all the action that was in it and thought it was really cool as a kid. Yeah. But that's all I could really say about it as a kid. Like, Oh, really cool. <laughs> like water movie fighting guy can What's breathe underwater. Your opinion cool. of it as you've grown up. I didn't really watch it after that. Right. Like even as growing up, I didn't remember yeah. anything about it. Didn't really watch it again. I didn't really have any opinions about it growing up. Mm-hmm. I'd heard things like, oh, it's actually not as good. And I was like, what? Waterworld's great. Who are you? What are you talking about? You clearly didn't see the same movie I saw. <laughs> That's That was what it was like growing up. That's great. So what, what did you expect this week? I really didn't know. I really, really didn't know what to expect. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. I know. I loved it as a as a kid, but I had heard such terrible things since then, and hadn't seen it since. So I really did not know what to expect. I'm I'm interested. I have no idea how you're gonna come away from this. Yeah, I don't know how you're gonna feel either. (laughs) Who wants to go first? Who wants to start seconds? Uh, any mini money mo. (laughs) I can't see where you point. You have to point to do that, right? (laughs) Yeah. This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gosh, it was such a chore. 
I I I couldn't finish it. I went the first hour and I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm going to finish this later. I was yeah. falling asleep. I was just like, this is bad. So this is one of the first time in Afterthoughts history I've had to not watch it in one sitting. Wow. Golly. The movie starts with the pee thing. I know. Oh, my gosh. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, don't start your movie with peeing I into didn't... a cup and then drinking it. Maybe <laughs> bring that up that. later. I didn't remember it being the first thing you see. The first impression of this character is he's drinking his own pee. That's <laughs> uh, so weird. Yep. It's definitely something that could have been fit into the movie at a later point, And it would have made more sense then. Because it's not necessarily like a terrible th- written thing or scene or whatever. Like it could come in later to be like a quirk once you've gotten to know who this guy is. But yeah. to start with it. And how desperate Ugh. this world is. I get that that's what they're trying to show you up front, but that would be better shown in different ways and then just even more so with that rather than starting with that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the same exact thing. I was like, what a weird way to start a movie. <laughs> it really is weird. But, okay, so my overall thing with the movie is is that I want this world to make sense and this story to make sense, but it doesn't. I'm, like, in that same boat. Get it? (laughs) Get it? (laughs) No, but I love this world. I think it's so cool. I think the set pieces are awesome. I think the idea of it's not just an apocalyptic world, but it's a flooded one is really cool, and you have to Mm -hmm. survive out on on these boats. But, yeah, outside of that, doesn't work. It's so dumb. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... think the outfits are really stupid. I know that's, like, a small thing to... No, 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 to, no, no. I to yeah, complain about, but totally it just doesn't right. make any sense. Like, why would they look like that? They're not functional that way. It just seems like you're trying to be Mad Max or trying to be something equally sort of out there. But it doesn't make sense. Like, they're not utilized in the same way that they are in Mad Max. It's just weird outfits. Yeah. And I don't think Kevin Costner does that great. No. I know you're not a Kevin Costner fan, but... He's fine. <laughs> I don't think he does that well in this movie. He's kind of just... Like, his character is a cool idea, kind of. <laughs> they don't really do that well with him, though. But I don't think he plays that character that well. Right. I don't think any of these characters are likable. Yeah. And it's hard to get on board with any of it, especially a movie this long, when I don't I don't gravitate towards any character. Like, none of them are likable. Yeah. It's so strange. Like, they're almost aggressively unlikable. <laughs> it's true. Gosh. It's crazy. And not only that, so they find out he's a mutant, right? And they just suddenly go against him for no reason. I didn't understand that part at all. Like, yeah. he can breathe underwater, so they attack him, and he defends himself, and then they decide, oh, he's a threat to the community. And But it doesn't make sense why at all. It doesn't. Like, something like that would have to be a little more nuanced, you know? But it's just blatant. It's weird, like... It, it feels needless. Yeah. And the same thing with unlikable characters. Like usually in a movie or a TV show with unlikable characters, it, that's either it's like humorous or it's interesting or it serves the plot. Th- these are, these characters are like needlessly unlikable. Yeah. And it makes it so hard to watch because it's so long. <laughs> and then the middle of this movie is just so boring. Boring. Very boring. I mean, yes. You just, you would really, while I like this world, at the same time, you're just on a boat in the middle of water forever. You get, yeah. like, you're going to have to try really hard to make it not boring, and I don't think they do. It's just three <laughs> people on a boat for a while struggling 
Like yep. it, it just doesn't fit into the, like it's an apocalyptic movie, and it just is too much of them like just squabbling on his boat forever. Yeah, and there's like squabbles that don't need to be in there at all. Like you could just lift them right out. That whole weird sequence with that weird guy who's yeah, doing like guy. a bad Robin Williams impression. <laughs> yeah, is terrible, and it doesn't serve anything. It doesn't serve anything. It just it just makes us dislike the character more. Because you know what isn't heroic at all? When you rescue someone that you put in harm's way like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I know. It uh, just makes everyone more unlikable. It's bizarre. And I think it's supposed to speak to... Then this is what I was saying earlier. I think it's supposed to speak to, like, he does not like humans at all. And uh-huh. so that's why he makes the deal initially. But then... He's slowly starting to like humans again. But like I said earlier, I don't think they present that well at all. I think the like the humans don't like him for no like just as we mentioned, not really a good enough reason. Like it's not portrayed well enough. And then therefore him disliking them back is just also silly, like presented as silly because of that. And it's just I don't know. They could have done a much better job of his arc of coming to yeah. be okay with humans. Yes. <laughs> he really could have done a much better job with the characterization just all around. Like motivation and everything could have all just been so much better. So and also, much better. here's the question. Like, I guess maybe at the end this gets reconciled, but it's a water world. So where do people get their oxygen? If there are no trees from the water. No, I don't know. There doesn't because there, there is land eventually, but there's no way that that island is generation generating enough oxygen for the entire world. And maybe there are significantly less people, but still it's it's the same size world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that makes sense. I mean, it probably doesn't, but. I mean, I studied film, so technically I am a scientist, but I, oh my I, I but, you know, we don't have to <laughs> always going on about this, <laughs> but I still am not quite sure if that are you, true. are you a botanist? There are no trees. No are oxygen. you a biologist? Yeah, I'm not. So. I didn't think so. <laughs> Stay to your film critiques. <laughs> I don't think that holds up. There's no way there's enough <laughs> oxygen for this planet. It probably doesn't, but just live with it. <laughs> Here's something that Man. I don't know if you'll agree with or not, and I don't usually say this. This is usually my like biggest problem with movies, but I really like the antagonist in this one. Oh my gosh, he's so over the top. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I love that he's over the top. Uh, to me, he's playing the exact same character from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, I which I think is Bowser. So <laughs> they're both just over the top villains in a weird mad maxi world <laughs> oh, that's what i love i loved it like no one else is over the top in this uh, this world and i love that he's just like this over the top character and yeah. i think the epitome of it is when he's got those two guys up and he says he won't kill the one that tells him what he wants to know and so he kills the right. other and then he's about to kill the other one and then he's like no you said you wouldn't he's like i may have i may have and then hands his gun off and i, I don't know i just thought that was so funny and i it really and enjoyed me, him he's, again he's like needlessly villainous like that the person in that role could have been like a grounded leader who wants to to care for his his community so we'll do whatever it takes to find that girl and get to dry land 
but instead he's like it's it, they they treat it like it's this evil plot to save his community but it's not really that evil <laughs> <laughs> they just want to find dry land i get that <laughs> but he is evil he is <laughs> i just like him that he's that's what I enjoyed about his character, that he's just comically <laughs> villainous for no reason. He is. He and really I, is. I just, I don't usually enjoy that, but I guess it's because I think if this movie had worked out well and had been like what it was trying to be and supposed to be, I then would not have enjoyed his character because he wouldn't have fit. But right. because of, since the rest of this water world was so dry and boring, ah. he, ah. he, like every time he was on screen, I was just like, <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. This brings yeah. me a little laughter a and joy spot. right now. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, also hilarious though is that terrible looking CGI water monster. Oh yeah. That they cook. Terrible. <laughs> oh, that does look good though. So that bad. huge slab of water monster <laughs> meat. I was like, man, that's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds you of like the Lion King bugs. <laughs> which also look delicious, you know? Yeah. <sighs> That's Goodness. funny. One thing that, that bothered me, and I guess it's not surprising because I bring it up a lot, especially lately, the music bothered me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it thinks that it's like Indiana Jones or something, like all these triumphant moments of music, but like nothing triumphant happened. <laughs> yeah. They're like confusing, confusing action sequences with like cinematic triumphant moments where the characters didn't really succeed in anything, but the music thinks they did. Yeah. And it's just a bummer. doesn't fit. Oh, but again, I still loved mm. the set pieces and that's the most disappointing yeah. part. Like I really loved the world they were trying to create. And it's so, yeah. did you, so they, they, I'm pretty sure they constructed that little city that they had, that walled in city. Right. And yeah, I think they, they just demolished it after the movie. Well, I think it collapsed through like at some point during the production. I think they had to build it twice. Ugh. And then yeah, I think they just got rid of it at the end. Which is so silly. Like I would have loved to I mean, I don't know where that's at. If it's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, who's gonna go there or whatever. <laughs> but if that's like built somewhere close by, I would have loved to like go visit. Or that. like just lift it and move it somewhere yeah. so it could become part of like Universal Studios or something. So I think that's what was most disappointing for me, just that they really did set up a cool world that could have, I don't know, there could have been so much greater use of everything they built and all the ideas they had, and then it just falls short through the actual story of the movie yeah. and the characters and everything else. Yeah. I, I think we need to stop rebooting movies that were great to try to milk that success again, but instead reboot movies like Waterworld that were great ideas that weren't super well executed and gave those a second chance. I think a reboot of Waterworld could be awesome. Oh, yeah. Today. Absolutely. Have so a Kevin cool. Cosner cameo in there? Perfect. There you go. Yeah. No, I think it'd be sweet. But I, but another issue with the movie, I think, is that it, it's surface-level water. Like, a water world, to me, I, I picture underwater. And not the whole thing, but but chunks of it, at least. Because as, as the Earth is right now it's mostly water and there's so much of it that has yet to be explored. So a, a whole world of water would be even more so. And it'd be interesting to see what is under the water in a world with nothing but water. Well, it's clearly just full of CGI sea monsters. Ugh. 
poorly CGI'd sea monsters. Yeah. See, we need to redo that. <laughs> no, it'd be cool to have like an like an sunken underwater city, like yeah. n- not not just what he went to and saw the old cities, but like a thriving underwater city with like 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 a mutant race and yeah. a human race. It'd be cool. Yeah. Also, I hate the fact that they call it Waterworld in the movie. Yeah. That was so... I was like, no. Like, it's fine that it's the title. You never mention that you actually call it that. But no. (laughs) They called it Waterworld. And I was like, no, you're still on Earth, you weirdo. Yeah. Like, none of them... it, It sounds as though it's been that way long enough to where, like, nobody remembers that there was land. And it's not as though we called this world, like earth water mix world you know yeah. like you it was just if, if that's all you know then that's all it would be it's just world yeah oh i just hate it <laughs> i just doesn't, it doesn't seem believable enough to me that they would call it nah. the whole everything water world right i don't know silly but that's all i got it could have been better could have been much better yes sad that it wasn't i concur he had a really cool <laughs> boat yeah I mean, I'm surprised you were able to take away positives. I really didn't have any positive takeaways. I mean, the positives is essentially what it could have been. Yeah. Cool boat, cool city. I can understand why they tried to make this movie. Yeah, exactly. There's there's potential in the idea. But no. (laughs) They failed. They really did. Which I guess brings us to, to our topic time. Yes. Is it time for topic time? Time for topic time. <laughs> Today we're talking about box office bombs, which is, I think, an interesting idea because there's a lot to consider that I don't think everybody considers. Like, there's the production bu- budget, which often gets quoted, but there's also marketing. They spend a lot of money on marketing. And there's also um, the, mo- the money that the movies make has to be split with the theaters that, dis- that showed the movie. So when you consider all those factors, there are plenty of movies out there that actually cost studios in the end, or they didn't reciprocate enough money to be considered profitable in any real way. So we're going to talk about some terrible box office bombs like Waterworld. Yes, like Waterworld, (laughs) which was not a box office bomb. It did. So apparently it did well at the box office, but it just didn't, didn't make up for like the catastrophic production and all the craziness that happened. Yeah. I've also heard this was a box office bomb, which is what I think is another strange phenomenon. Like when a movie is like considered a box office bomb, but didn't actually bomb at the box office. Like I've heard yeah, that like, from more uh, than one person that this movie did not do well at the box office. Yeah. Or, or like, um, age of Ultron did not perform as well as the original Avengers. And it, I don't think it was considered a bomb, but it was it was considered not successful, even though it made, like, over a billion dollars. It's insane. I'm pretty sure it made over a billion dollars. That's crazy. But, yeah, like, Disney themselves were like, well, it didn't make as, enough, it didn't make as much as the first, so. <laughs> so it's a failure. Failure. That's, yeah, that's insane. But I have a short list of ones that, like, legitimately failed. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, let's start with this one. I pulled this one just for you because it's not it's not particularly that bad, but I just you know thought you'd be interested to know that back in two thousand, <laughs> Titan AE cost 
75 to 90 million dollars and earned about a hundred million dollars. Hey, earned. Earned. But adjusting for inflation, it it actually earned I guess it earned even more than that, just for inflation, a hundred and ninety-three million. See? But then again, you have to consider marketing costs and um what else did I say? Oh, splitting the revenue with theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It didn't make any money. Everyone knows that movie didn't do well. I get it. That won't stop <laughs> me from enjoying it to my heart's content. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the wrong number in the column. It lost $139 million. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So, yes, I read, I read it wrong. It cost $75 million to $90 million to make. It earned $36.8 Oh, my God. Gosh. So it lost, adjusted for inflation, about $139 million. That's so bad. Yeah. Sorry, Titan A.E. That's rough stuff. I still like Titan A.E., so everyone else can just get over it. (laughs) Here's one on this list that kind of surprised me. I didn't really realize this until I saw it on this list. The Good Dinosaur from 2015 lost some money. I actually could, I can see that, though. Yeah, it lost about $86 million. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be that much, though. It's still, it earned $332 million, but it was a very expensive, you know, Pixar movie, so it didn't make enough. Yeah. Yep. There were some colossal losses that just, like, astounded me. I, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think which one was more, let me check. So, one of them definitely is Tomorrowland. Really? Another Disney movie. Yeah, so Tomorrowland lost a ton of money. <laughs> Interesting. So Tomorrowland cost about $190 million to make. It earned about $209 million. <laughs> So the projected loss adjusted for inflation is somewhere between $77 million and $152 million. Goodness. That's a lot of money to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, okay, that's not the one I was thinking of. The one I, that I was thinking of, I think is John Carter. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. So John Carter cost $260 million. Mm-hmm. It earned $280 million and <laughs> lost to Disney 127 to $209 million. Somewhere Goodness. in that ballpark. That's insane. That's so bad. So bad. Oh, my gosh. Disney, yeah, has just had a rough couple of years. Yeah. Um, do you remember the Lone Ranger? Mm-hmm. Lost Disney about $195 million. It's bad. I don't understand why they keep trying stuff like that if it's like, if they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars trying to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, like Transformers, at least that makes sense. They're making money every time they make one of those movies. So they're making terrible movies, but they're earning tons of money. Stop making terrible movies that lose so much money. No. I guess those were the Lone Ranger was and John Carter are both adaptations. Tomorrowland was at least a semi-original idea. Yeah, that's true. So they were going for it. That's fine. Yeah, I'm always fine when movies that are original and they're trying something different bomb at the box office, mm-hmm. like Super Punch. Wait, <laughs> Super Punch. That's not what it's called. Sucker Punch. That's it. Did Sucker Punch lose money? <laughs> I think so. Well, see, I don't, see, that's the thing, though. I don't even know. I just assume it did. Let's see. Let's double check. 
And we also we should also check Scott Pilgrim because I think Scott Pilgrim notoriously did poorly Ugh, at the box office. That just breaks my heart. I know, doesn't it? My uh, my T my screenwriting TA in college always used to tell me he's Canadian and was like, you know why Scott Pilgrim lost so much money? Because it was set in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto, Canada. He's like, you you film stuff in Canada. You never set it in Canada. Yeah. So Sucker Punch cost. 82 million and earned 89.8 million. So I'm sure it lost the studio some money. Yeah. That's Especially because that's worldwide, right? Mm hmm. Goodness. Scott Pilgrim. Ooh. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim cost somewhere between 60 million and 90 million and earned 47 million. Uh. That's terrible. Even when, it, <laughs> even when I took people to the movies over and over just to you give them some money. weren't enough. Weren't enough. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I know. But that's what I'm saying. So, uh, I mean, I guess Scott Pilgrim was a comic book. But just when original ideas come out that are different and not the mainstream that you expect from films come out and bomb at the box office, I'm fine. Because I'm, I just like that they're trying. Right, yeah, and like the Nice Guys last year was a great movie that didn't do very well, and yeah. you know, but I'm hopefully somebody out there still values that that movie performed well critically and was a great movie. So hopefully that means something to somebody out there. Yeah, but I'm super happy when like movies like the Fantastic Four reboot from 2015 <laughs> lost the studio a hundred million dollars. <laughs> no, <laughs> that seems like. You know, fitting. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So how do you think box office performance plays in, like, ratings of movies and, like, how you would review them and whether they're good or not? Do you think they play a factor at all or is it just, like, what culture thinks to- about it? Yeah, I, I think it's starting to play more and more of a role. Like, there are all these articles and think pieces about how, you know, like, online film reviewing is is affecting moviegoers way more than it ever did before. And then also you get to consider, like, that people, way more people have Netflix and can stream movies and will wait for them to become on demand and stuff like that. So that might affect box office as well. But I think, yeah, the, the, just there's this culture of, like, I can figure out what thousands of people think of this movie before I go see it. So maybe I'll check into that. And if it's not performing really well, like critically, then I'm not going to go see it. Or I'm not going to waste $10 and a trip outside when I can just wait to see it for free at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't quite understand why good movies do poorly at the box office. <laughs> you never quite wrap my mind around that. What's, well, what's a good movie that does poorly at the box office? Well, like Scott Pilgrim or the or the nice guys, you know, critically acclaimed movies that just don't do well enough. And maybe it's something to do with like indie movies have, you know, less of a marketing budget or studios don't necessarily believe in those projects. So they don't invest in them and spend the money to to get them in more theaters or to get more people to see advertising for it. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah, know, I think it's if they don't think. Yeah, I think it's the marketing and I think it's. Just that it's different from what you like. Our box office or our blockbuster movies at this point all like are related or similar in some way or a reboot. Mm-hmm. And so when something original comes out and it's not marketed well, there's like double against it. That right. either you haven't heard of it or if you have, you're 
don't know if I want to see that in theater. Like, go spend ten bucks on a movie that's not an Avengers movie or a Star Wars movie or whatever these huge blockbusters yeah. are. Yeah. And so, in return, studios don't want to invest in things that they don't think are going to be long-living franchises. You know, like a one-off movie like The Nice Guys isn't going to get a ton of money invested in it because they're like, well, we probably can't make a sequel to that, so it'll just be a one-time thing. All right. It's just sad. It is sad. It makes sense. Like, you understand it, but it's still it's just kind of a bummer. I know. I wish a studio... I guess they already kind of do this, but some studios do. But just invest in an indie studio that you don't expect to make a lot of money. You just just do it. Just for the sake. I, this, I mean, that happens to a certain extent. Like, Sony has, like... Um, focus yeah uh, i remember as i was saying it that they do they do have indie studios but 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 what they do is like it's still it's rough on filmmakers i think they they just buy movies that premiere at festivals and then distribute them instead of going hey you have an idea well let's get you started right away and get you money you need to finance that that movie and take it all the way through so they just kind of step in the last moment and go we'll distribute it and we'll put our banner in front of it so it's our indie label and your movie will be seen by lots of people, but they're not really the reason why those movies are so good often is because studios aren't involved in the production of it. (laughs) Yeah. Only in the distribution and ownership of it. So, so maybe it should stay like that. Yeah. Maybe if studios started making independent films, quote unquote, they wouldn't be indie films anymore. Yeah. (sighs) That's what I'm saying. I wish some studio would just be like, we're going to hands off fund these movies, but that's it. Like, yeah. And we know we might not make this money back. We're just doing it for the originality's sake. This is money yeah. we can afford to not make back. And maybe we will make it back. I don't know. But we can afford yeah. to lose this money and do it just for the sake of originality. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and obviously that doesn't make sense from a profitability <laughs> standpoint. So I don't know But, why. you know, like a company like Netflix is actually trying really hard to do stuff like that they do they they, they're sort of their content pool is coming from all over the place they have stuff that they flat out commission they have stuff that they buy from festivals and stuff and then they're doing you know that weird thing of like resurrecting old properties and giving them new seasons on netflix and stuff like that so i don't know a company like netflix i think they reported spending like something crazy like billions of dollars on original content which is insane and massive which is it seems to be paying off for them so wow which is crazy that netflix has come back because i remember when i was in my mis class at ut that we discussed how netflix stock dropped drastically in like one day right once they had just uh once they went public about how they were splitting the streaming and the dvd into two different that was a big deal yeah and their stock prices plummeted instantly, even though they... Because we, what we were talking about is how they had the right idea, how everything is going to be digital soon. People aren't going to want to like have DVDs. They just did it way too soon. And that because of that, and the fact that there was a price difference and you would essentially have to pay more for it, just yeah. like plummeted. Like people still wanted both at the time. Mm-hmm. And I found that fascinating that how now they are right. They're totally like king in the streaming business and now just pumping out original content Mm -hmm. and it's awesome yeah it's pretty cool well 
That's all I really got to say about box office bombs. Yeah. I think let's, I'll, I'm going to close out with one last one. Do it. Because it's, you know, it just tickles me. <laughs> uh, Green Lantern from 2011 oh. cost $200 million. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it earned $219 million. Oh. Losing about $96 million. That's so bad. Yeah. I guess that's real bad. Uh, yeah. I guess margin wise, that's not that's about the same as the other ones we're talking about. But right, man, right. that's still just in the fact that that the fact that it costs more than most of the ones we're talking about means that it took more time, and that you end up losing money. Mm-hmm. I would assume it would take more time with a budget that big. I guess it could have. Either way, it either took more time or more work in some aspect. Mm-hmm. And for that to just end up losing you money. That movie's so bad, though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would do that. I would do the movie that movie for this podcast just for fun, just to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I already know I how my second impression I didn't finish it the go. first time I saw it. I was like, this is too bad. It's so bad. And I didn't finish it. But yeah, <laughs> we should do it for the podcast. Do it for the cast. <laughs> is that the show? Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Wrap it up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, sorry if you watched Waterworld. <laughs> 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 but thanks for doing it. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to keep supporting the show, it'd be great if you could share this podcast with a, fa- uh, with a friend. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handles are in the description. And you can tune in next week. We'll be talking about Saw. Again, sorry about that, maybe. We'll Maybe. see how that episode goes, but yeah, we'll you know, see. there's a new one coming out, so we we watched Saw. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be talking about that next week. So uh we'll see you then. See ya.